Hi, and welcome to the Savvy Social Hour podcast. This show is for female biz babes looking to up-level their business and become rockstar entrepreneurs in no time. I'm your host, Jenny, and I'm so excited to chat with you about today's episode. Let's get right into it. Hey, Savvies. Welcome back to another episode of the Savvy Social Hour podcast. We are officially on episode 16 of the show. Today, I'm going to be here chatting with Robin Young of Robin Young & Co. Robin Young is a branding specialist. An ambitious entrepreneur with a strong vision and eye for creativity, Robin's main focus is fresh branding that connects. With a professional pedigree that includes market research for top companies like Nike and Target, as well as branded content for UCLA, Modern Luxury, and Everyday Health, Robin has a vast understanding of what sticks in branding. I can't wait to chat with Robin today all about the branding strategies and why you need one. So let's dive right in. Hi, Robin. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited that you're here and I can't wait to chat more about creating a brand strategy with you. So before we dive into it, thanks for having me. (laughs) (laughs) Tell us a little bit about yourself and your business and just how you got started doing it all. Sure, sure. So, um, so I'm uh, I'm the founder of Robin Young and Co. So it's my namesake uh, company, and we're a boutique branding studio out of downtown LA. And um, I got started. I mean, I got started in branding almost a decade ago. I worked with a company called Gallup and Robinson. I'm sure you probably heard of the Gallup surveys. They're pretty well known. Um, and for them, I did uh, market research for big commercial brands like Nike and Target and Robbins Brothers. And I really learned the ins and outs of what appeals to you know, consumers um, from an in-store experience and, and also just commercially, taglines and, and um, you know, colors and, and logos and things like that that really appealed to them. So really n- not the most exciting work, but really, really important foundational work for you know, getting into marketing and branding. Um, and then I, I got to work on the creative side a little bit on doing styling and creative direction for editorials, which was really cool because I got to see how, you know, um, this translates into photography and really showing that that brand story through photos and through imagery, um, which was really cool. Uh, I, you know, I, I ended up kind of going a different direction and, and getting more into uh, the writing and editorial side. So I created branded content for two different uh, digital agencies, mostly working with celebrities and influencers. And then um, and then uh, ended up working with a, a, a big, big company, uh, UCLA, for their branding and marketing department, uh, where I worked on every type of branding or marketing piece you could possibly imagine. So websites, uh, email campaigns, social campaigns, um, you know, brochures, just everything. I ran the gamut. And it was so interesting. I think what really makes me different, really sets me apart, is just that I've worked with, I've worked within different capacities of branding for different types of clients. So I really feel like I have a very good understanding of every single facet. Um, 
And then my most recent position before I branched off and started my own company was with General Assembly, which is a tech school where I was more of a product manager, but um, the, the courses that I produced were um, the uh, product management, digital marketing, and user experience design classes. So I got to learn how to not only launch a product, but how to effectively market that product and how to create an amazing experience around that product. So I really, that was the last piece I really needed to feel like, okay, I'm ready to branch out and start doing this on my own for companies. And that takes me to today. So I'm, I've been in business now for just over a year. We started in October, 2016. So we've just passed our one year mark and things are going well. Awesome. Okay. I must ask, um, you know how, Fast food restaurants and things have like really bright colors like red and yellow and orange and it's just a theme with upon them. So is that like, is that related to, you know, colors that people are, you know, make them feel a certain way essentially? Yes. I, I mean, we could have an entire conversation around the psychology of colors right now, which is so fascinating to me. Um, but yes, they're, they're very, very methodical about about the color choices that they choose, right? So like yellow is a very like happy, optimistic color. So, you know, so McDonald's choose, choosing these yellow arches, it's not just because it was a color they liked. It was something that was very, very strategically chosen to, um, to convey this message of, um, you know, of this kind of optimism and, and, and also a kind of wholesome brand, even though it's fast food. <laughs> we, you know, especially when we were younger, like I can remember going to McDonald's with my family and, you know, playing in the, you know, in the, the, um, the like little playset set uh, thing and, and feeling like, wow, this is really a like kind of wholesome environment. It's especially for being a fast food restaurant, right? Exactly. So, um, so it's really, it is about uh, choosing colors that, um, that really uh, not just speak to your product, but speak to the message that you want to send out to your customers about your, your brand and what you're, you know, what you're trying to embody or represent. Yeah. I, I actually read somewhere that like, I think red is like, it's like, we want you to kind of get out of here quickly. Like it's a, like it's a fast food environment. So they're like, we still want you to enjoy your experience, but we don't want you to stay forever. So, you know, that kind of makes people go. I don't know. I don't know if that's true or not, but it's an, it's an energy color, but it's also like a passion color. Um, it, so it's something that um, can really show you know, um, that like adventure and passion. So like, you know, uh, so other companies that use red, it's not always about, um, being like that quickness or that fast. And that, that certainly is something. So a, a lot of like sports like NASCAR will use red. So there is that kind of quick pace to it. Um, but it can also be used as more of a passion color. So I've used it for brands who, you know, I really wanted, or, or for brands who really want to stand out and really want to kind of stake that hold and let's say we're different. Um, mm -hmm. Um, it, you know, it can be used in that way. It's, it, I love red. I feel like a lot of people, you know, you, people kind of love it or they hate it or in terms of branding, I love it. But I think for the right brand, it makes sense. And then for anybody else, I'm like, well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like red too. Um, not to wear because I'm so pale like lobster when I wear red, but, um, you know, it's a nice color and it reminds me yeah. of red too. So that's always good. Yeah. But yeah. I know that kind of ran off on a random, like, 
question there, but I was just curious. No I'd heard a lot about like colors and brands. So it's definitely yeah. very interesting. And it's not something people who have like a small business typically consider because, you know, they're not catering to the masses. They're catering to a specific audience. And they're like, oh, I'm going to pick yellow because of this. It's just like, oh, I like yellow. At least that's why I picked my brand colors. I'm like, oh, I like pink. And I think my audience will like pink too. So that was yeah. why I did it. But I know it's a little bit more strategic than that. <laughs> yes. Um, theoretically speaking, you, you, it's good to put a little bit of thought behind that. Now that said, that doesn't mean that um, you want to choose colors that you hate. I mean, it's, it's important, it's important for you to like those colors as well, because you are going to be sticking with them. So I think um, what I, especially for like, you know, you have a, a very sort of personal brand. So do I. Um, so a lot of times when I'm working with clients where I feel like, you know, it's going to start as a personal brand or it's something that's really heavily connected with them, I actually do encourage them to kind of look around them and see, you know, and draw inspiration from that. And then we may, you know, we may select from that palette, mm -hmm. um, you know, because I mean, if you like see my background, like, and, and my colors really have, like, I have this, you know, green um, and, and uh, like a charcoal, um, and then more of like a, uh, it's almost like a, a turquoise, like a, somewhere between like a turquoise and a jade, I call it aqua, but I don't even know if that's the right term for it. Um, I love that color. It's like my favorite color. I don't wear it a lot, but I, but I love the color and it, and it just so happens that the psychology behind that color really connects with who I am as a person and, and the direction I wanted to take my brand. Um, so I, I do think that you can draw inspiration from your own life and what appeals to you. You know, like I would say that couch behind you could, yeah, could be like a reflection of, of the yeah. colors that you uh, like, you know, it's actually one of the colors in my brand for confetti social, not necessarily for the podcast, but for, yeah, for my, um, my social media agency. Yeah. It's, it's like yeah. and pink and then like a lighter blue and then gold, but I'm not yeah. the old couch. Cause that would just be ridiculous. Yeah. That'd be but strange. Yeah. Definitely the gold as an accent color. <laughs> yeah. So, um, it's, it's really interesting though, how we kind of like pick colors that we like in real life because you know I don't wear pink you said you don't really wear that turquoise color very often but it's like a color that I'm like okay this is nice it represents me and since my target audience is female entrepreneurs a lot of female entrepreneurs do like pink not every single person you know you're either a pink or a purple person typically sure. I sure. found <laughs> but, um you know so it's just like that was kind of my reason why I picked that as my color and I mean of course I like it too so well said. <laughs> okay. So kind of going on to like brand strategies and things like that. So talk a little bit about that and like why it's important and that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So beyond choosing the visual elements of your brand, like your colors and things like that, which are all very important. I think a lot of times people get wrapped up in, in those elements and that is not your brand. Your logo, your, your colors, your fonts, the look and feel of your brand, that's not your brand. Your brand is actually the way that people feel about your business. So it's something that we 
actually can't control. So it's like your reputation, right? So the best that we can hope for is to try and lead that conversation and, and to lead how, how the emotion that people feel when they interact with your brand. And that's what your brand strategy is or your brand identity, right? De- essentially, a strategy is developing that brand identity or your, your positioning. Um, so it's a lot of things that you that people actually typically find in like a business model campus. So it's like your mission statement and your core values and your vision for your company and maybe like the characteristics of your customer. Um, those are all it, it, they're non-visual aspects that are that create the heart of your brand. So it's it really stakes that you know that um, flag in the ground and say this is what my brand stands for and this is what we represent and this is what we're trying to accomplish. So you know these days marketing is not just about what you make anymore. It's about what what you, who you are as a company and what you're trying to convey and what you're trying to achieve. So mm-hmm. it's, it's more about creating these kind of lifestyle brands that people can get behind and feel like, okay, this brand or this company is talking to me, right? Mm-hmm. So we ask ourselves as consumers, what does buying this product say about me? right? So think of like cars are the best example of this, right? So we think of like, I own a mini and I consider myself a total mini person. Like I'm into more of a European lifestyle. I like to, you know, be on the go. I'm not into gas guzzlers or SUVs. I'm a mom. And yet I refuse to get like a mommy van. Like I just, I refuse. Right. So like it's, it's buying that. And I swear, I think I will be a mini like owner for life because I just, it's a brand that I feel like I really connect with. Right. But like, if you think of like Lexus or Mercedes, like these are really status symbols. So we feel like by owning them, it's not just the price of them. It's, it's the brand and what it represents itself. Right. So I know, Branding has gotten a really bad rep <laughs> over the years, and there's a lot of there's a lot of companies trying to come out and be the anti-brand. But what's so funny about that is that even when you're the anti-brand, that is your brand. Like your, your brand is the anti-strategy, regardless of if you want to or not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't think it. I don't think it's something that has to be so like you know. Because I get I get irritated by this too. It's not about just having, you know, the, the, um, the Chanel C's on, you know, on your sweater or, or on your purse like that. I don't think that that's branding at its root. Branding at its root to me is about really being smart about, um, you know, the, the full picture of your company, not just putting out a product. Like, you know, so I deleted Uber recently because of all this stuff that's going on with them. I was like, I don't want to be connected with this, this company. Right. So I'm, I'm a Lyft user now that's a branding, you know, so it's, it's connected to PR, but it's like, that's a, that's a branding point too. Right. It's, it's something that's connecting me to and connecting the consumers with whatever the lifestyle or the message or the, you know, core values that, that you're putting out there is. So it's smart to, at the beginning, start, with your why, right? And I know that that's something that's also, you know, widely used, but what's meant by that is you could have chosen anything to to start a business with, but why did you choose this one thing, right? So it's not just about making money. Money is important. I get that. That's, that's wonderful. I'm not, I'm not saying don't do that. What I am saying is 
you have to connect with a bigger purpose, right? You have to connect with a bigger purpose that people can rally behind. So that that way you can not only rally your team members and stakeholders and investors, but you can rally your customers behind it. That makes a lot of sense. Cause you know, I see a lot of people who, you know, they, they have their logo, they have everything physically and, you know, visually, but their actual messaging and all the other behind the scenes things that should have been handled prior to launching is just kind of out of whack. And it makes people kind of, they're like, well, what are you like? What is, what are you doing? You know, what, what is your stance on this? What's this? What's that? And people are just it leaves them confused because they don't know what the heck that person is trying to represent. Like, are they one thing or another? Is, are they like a designer or are they this? Cause you know, people offer like a variety of services and I feel like you can do that, but to really stand out, you need to have your one key thing that you are known for. Right. Right. Absolutely. So for us, for my, for my branding studio, the part that, that sets us apart is this strategy, right? So there's a lot of brand strategists out there, but they don't do design. And there's a lot of graphic designers out there, but they don't do strategy. They don't do branding. They, yeah, most of the time they expect you to bring that to the table. They might choose some colors for you that are, you know, based on, you know, they'll ask you, okay, well, what kind of characteristics do you want to convey? And you're like, well, I don't know. I want it to feel kind of feminine, but Mm -hmm. what happens when you do that? What happens when you create um, a visual identity, when you go out and create a logo and color schemes and all of that without having a strategy in place is that a lot of times you will create more of a flat brand or after a while you start to feel like your brand feels inconsistent, right? Like just not that defining anchoring part to your brand, right? So, um, so a lot of times I'll end up working with customers. I, I, I'd say the majority of the people that we work with are small to medium-sized businesses that um, that probably started out with just you know a, a sort of handmade logo, or maybe they hired a graphic designer to just kind of create whatever for them, and then and they've you know and they've created a business out of that, but they've hit a wall, they've hit a plateau mm-hmm. and they don't know why they've just, they feel like their branding is inconsistent. And I find nine, 10, nine times out of 10, they, they never put together a strong, solid brand strategy. So with every single customer I work with, I start with strategy. It's just what I do. Like it's what sets us apart and it's, and it's an absolute necessity for every business. So, um, so what I wanted to do because those are, you know, because our service, our core business is really made more for like small to medium sized businesses that are, you know, that are established. I wanted to find a way to bring, um, bring this sort of strategy piece and make it, uh, something that was accessible to, um, to startups and to, you know, to, uh, creative entrepreneurs who are just starting out because, it, you're, you know, you more than ever are still in need of a, a strong strategy. So, um, so what I did was I actually created a workshop that I now teach pretty regularly. I'll teach it at least a couple times a month in LA. Um, 
uh, around strategy. And I'm actually hosting a, uh, an, an even bigger like full day boot camp that will start with strategy. And then it actually will lead it more into like the other visual pieces and speaking to how to, how to take that strategy and translate it into the visual pieces like your photography and fonts and colors and your website and things like that. So for those that are in Los Angeles that want to attend that boot camp, I'll, I'll give you details on how to do that. Um, but anyway, so I, so I teach workshops and boot camps um, around that. And I'm working on how to create a sort of online DIY course around it as well, because I think it's something that's so important and everybody needs to do it. So yeah, I totally agree with that. I mean, when I first started my business, I kind of didn't really, I had like a business plan essentially, but I didn't have all of the working elements. It was just like, okay, I need to get a website designed. So I got a website designed. But the girl who designed my website, she, you know, she just did websites. So she just made a logo and it was like, it wasn't really, I mean, it, it works, but it's not something that I think is going to stay with me forever. So going back, I wish I would have had something that was more, um, you know, along the lines of evolving with me. And yeah, like yeah. the colors are fine, but it's just like the logo and other things. I feel like it just like, I should have had a better um, strategy behind it instead of just expecting someone who designs websites to make a logo and everything else too. Because yeah, absolutely. Um, and a lot of them can do websites really well, but when it comes to like other things that don't involve coding, it's not as um, great. So, um, yeah. yeah, so that's definitely something I wish I would have had in the beginning. And I feel like a lot of people probably feel that way now looking back on their business, like, wow, I wish I would have had all the working pieces in place prior to launching. For me, yeah. I just thought everything was about the appearance of my website and things. Of course I had like a specific messaging and I worked with like a copywriter to get my messaging for my services and my about and things like that down, but it wasn't like, it didn't all come together how it should have in my opinion. So yeah, it's tricky. Um, branding is something that's not so linear. You know, a lot. Um, it depends on the on the brand. It depends on the product. Like which pieces are more important um, to really nail. I'd say for everybody, the value prop and the mission statement are of the utmost importance because your mission statement is essentially what what you know what you do and who you do it for, right? So. Anytime that you're talking to anybody about your business, you need to be able to do that in a very succinct way that makes sense to them, that's catchy and memorable. So I like short mission statements that are easy to read and easy to remember. Like this, this essentially becomes like your elevator pitch, right? It's like your mission statement plus your value prop. So your mission statement is like, here's what we do, here's who we do it for, and your value prop is what makes you different. So a lot of times a value prop could be several things. It doesn't, it's not just one sentence, like it could be maybe there are several elements that make you different. Um, and then sometimes it can just be one thing or one key defining characteristic that makes you different. So it really, it really just depends on the brand. Um, but these are so, so important to, to um, start with and to, you know, and to build your visual presence, your visual identity around that, um, because it, it, it gives you a North star, 
right? Like, so what I like to do in putting together a strategy, so, so what, what a strategy session with me looks like is I'll send um, an intake form ahead of time to my clients that just starts getting them thinking about their brand in a really visceral, emotional way, right? What are you trying to convey? And what are, what are some words that represent your brand? What are some words that don't represent your brand? Like what you're trying to avoid is just as important as what the direction you're trying to go in. And, and, you know, questions about their competition and like, you know, um, brands that they like, you know, uh, websites that they like. So this just gets me into their head and understanding where they see this, this company going and really what, what makes them unique that I can leverage to position them. Um, and then I, I then do a, an in-person strategy session where we will tackle all of the holes that I see in the brand. So anything that I see is potentially creating problems down the line, like anywhere that I feel like they need more information or just, we need more, um, workshopping or, you know, kind of brainstorming around it. We do it within that session. And then I create a um, brand concept for them. So this is where I'll really dive into uh, the general messaging and like a potential color scheme and a look and feel for where I see the direction of their brand going and things like that. So it's really, really working with me gives you a really, really great starting point for, you know, developing that, that look and feel for your brand that connects with the actual strategy and business of your product, right? So that's the important part. Everybody's looking for a brand that really connects with what is the value, you know, what makes you different? And then how can you use that, leverage it to create that visual identity? Um, so we don't start doing any design work until that strategy piece is done. And, you know, we've, we've got buy-off from our clients on that. And then we start designing. And it makes the designing piece a lot easier because we already have that, you know, that direction. So there's cuts down on um, the back and forth in between too. Yeah, I can imagine that would make it easier because you don't have to be like, okay, wait, I have a question on this. And okay, wait, I have a question on this. And it makes it easier to design and you're not having to go and say, you know, give them their draft and then have like thousands of edits because you weren't like, you didn't have their vision in mind from the get-go. So do you only work with clients um, locally or do you also do um, people who aren't in your area as well? Yeah, we can. So I've, I've actually worked with people in other cities as well. Um, so the, it's, it's, you know, same structure. The only difference is, is that most of the time they don't come in for, um, for the, the actual strategy session. We'll usually do it over like a conference call um, or if they feel adamantly about it and they want to fly me into wherever they're at, I can do that too. Um, but I say nine out of 10 times it works to just do it over, um, over like a Zoom or a conference of call. Of course. Yeah, but everything else is done digitally, so it's yeah, it's no, amazing. Cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I was just curious because you know some people are like, no, I only work locally, which is cool, but it's it's um, interesting to see how people handle their businesses. Um, you know, each different person. Um, yeah. So you kind of talked about your process, but what are some of the key elements of a solid brand strategy? Like, what are the must-haves that you need before you even start designing your logo and all the other elements. Yeah, absolutely. So this I actually include, um, and, and I'll, I'll give this information um, towards the end too, but I include this, I have a like five part mini um, email course, okay. and I actually break down each one of the components that I usually work with 
um, my clients on for a uh, for for a strategy session. Um, so I'll, I'll include that at the end. But the the key components that you want to work on are your mission statement, your value prop, your core values, and your vision statement, as well as as well as um, I I like to add in there the uh, you know finding your tribe or like the who, what are the characteristics of your key customer. Okay. Um, so to break those down a little bit, because I know the other part that's really difficult is like what the difference between these things, right? And I think nine and 10 times people get so confused with, well, what's a mission statement? What's a tagline? And what's a, you know, so all of these things kind of seem very similar, but I promise you there's a, a reason and a rhyme and a purpose for each one of them. So your mission statement, as I was saying, is it's, it's your, it's the purpose, right? It's your, it's what you do plus who or what you do it for. So it should be more definitive. It should be something that's just very, um, you're sort of giving a definition for what your your business is, right? So, um, so that that's very cut and dry. Um, it shouldn't be something that's like flowery or cute. Like uh, your tagline is is meant to be more of like a marketable copy for that, right? So, so you don't need your mission statement to do that. You just need it to be something that people can understand, right? So, um, it's not the place to to. Um, be a little bit more aspirational with it, right? It's like day one, you open your doors, you should be able to deliver on whatever your mission statement is. Okay? So that's, that's that. Um, the value prop is, is, like I was saying, it's not always a sentence. Sometimes it can be a few different things, but essentially it should be what sets you apart from your competition. So as you're writing your value prop, if you can, you know, if if your if your your um, competition can also claim the same thing, then it's not a value prop, right? So so it has to be something that characteristically sets you apart from your competition. So that's that's the part that you really want to nail because that's the part that's going to stick with people, especially the more saturated of a market that you're in, the more important that really nailing that value prop is. So um, so the best thing to ask yourself as you're going through your value prop is like, you know, if my, if my product isn't all that different, maybe it's the process that could be different. Maybe it's the way you go about creating your product that's different, right? So it, it, it doesn't always have to be the product itself. It can be the process. It can be the experience, whatever it is, but it has to be something. It has to be something that's different, right? So that's your value prop. Your core values are more like, they're more like your morals for your company, right? So these are the things that are not just about your product. They're about how you work as a company, work and think as a company and what, and what, you value what what's important to you you know so is it is it integrity right is it um you know maybe maybe it's something to do with like the you know the 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 process in which you create your products so maybe it's something that's like you know the eco responsibility of creating your products i don't know it's it, it obviously depends on the brand you don't want to just throw things out there that sound good mm -hmm. they should be things that that really connects to the heart of why you started your company and how you want it to be remembered, right? We all want to be remembered as being good, you know, being good companies, but these are the things that you stick, you know, you stick to and you, and you use them to rally your, your, you know, your um, stakeholders and your, your team, your internal team. Um, so it should be something where, you know, you're, it, it represents not just, 
how, you know, how your products work or, you know, the, the characteristics or the value of that. It should also be like how you interact with your team members, how your team members interact with each other, how your team members interact with your customers, how the, how you as a company interact with other contractors. I mean, those are the types of things that you should be asking yourself in terms of writing those core values. Um, so that's, that's the important part there. Um, and then the other, the other part is your vision, your vision statement. And this is where I feel like a lot of companies don't, they don't think big enough. It's like, we're, we're good at dreaming when we're young, but we're not as good at it when we get older. We, we just get, have this sense of, well, I want to stick with something that's more realistic, that's tangible. But I actually love the vision statements that are not, not you know, that, that feel like they're going to take an entire lifetime to, um, to accomplish, right? Elon Musk probably has some pretty insane vision statements, right? So you, your vision statement should give you a lot of room for the growth of your company. So it should be something that's very aspirational. It should be how is your product or company going to affect the world, your industry, your niche, or your customer in terms of like the lifetime of that customer. It shouldn't just be like a short-term thing that you could probably accomplish in like five years, right? So it's, it's aspirational um, and it's really thinking bigger picture. So yeah, I'd say that in addition to like the characteristics of your, of your customer are really what creates a, a strong brand strategy. So when you say characteristics of your customer, do you mean like forming like an ideal client profile? Cause I've done that and it really, really helps. I mean, it feels silly to make up a name and an age and like, you know, even a city. Cause it's like, obviously not every person you work with is going to be based in this specific city. But at the end of the day, it really helped me kind of hone in on who I wanted to work with and, you know, make sure that I was always working with that type of person instead of like straying away from that. Of course, there's going to be people who are a little different, but, um, just kind of having those exact things that, um, you know, like they're in a specific niche because I don't want to work with someone that I don't know anything about. I'm not going to work in the corporate industry. Don't like, that's not appealing. So yeah, it's just really helpful for me to be able to figure out like who I wanted to target. Yeah. I mean, I do things a little bit differently. What you're talking about is um, persona development, which is good. I think if you have enough data to build a robust persona with, right. And, and something that you're quite sure about. Um, what I do instead is I look at characteristics of um, either existing, like, um, you know, buying tribes. So I like to, um, this is, this is why I, I like asking clients, like, what are some other brands that really resonate with them? Because what you can do is you don't want to tap into a, a competitor's existing customer base, mm -hmm. but what you do want to do is find brands that resonate with your message, right? With, with that, that core, you know, value set and that mission that you've put out, um, that really resonate with that message. And, and tap into their customer base to figure out what are the characteristics about them? You know, where, maybe like, where do they work? What do they read? Where do they exist online? What are their likes? What are their dislikes? What, you know, what are they talking about in terms of like their needs and, and how can you address those pain points? Um, so I prefer to do it that way. Um, the, the personification that I do, instead of it being a, a customer, I actually do a personification of the brand. Okay. Um, so I do this little exercise that is like your brand as a person, right? 
And, and what that helps me to do is to figure out um, what the voice might sound like, what the look and feel should feel like, and, you know, and how to leverage the other brands that this person, you know, so, so if this person, if this brand were a person, what would they read? Where would they work? You know, that, those types of things. Um, so I don't do it for the customer. I do it more aspirationally for the brand. Uh, so there is a difference because you're, the customers are a lot more, I think it's harder to create this sort of ideal persona for your customer um, because we we as humans like we're not we don't fit in these little boxes right so it's a lot better to to just take characteristics that that are you know that you've actually tested and, and seen like yes this is a characteristic of a customer that we want to appeal to Mm -hmm. um, and then create your persona around your brand because that is something your brand should be aspirational, right? So that part, it's okay to make it more of a like, this is the box in which our brand exists. And this is, you know, if we were to put, if we were to create a spokesperson for our brand, like this is what they would look like. Um, so that's the kind of persona development I like to do. Okay. All right. Yeah. So now on to the three questions that I ask everyone that comes on the show. So what does it mean for you to be an entrepreneur and what's your favorite part about it? So to me, being an entrepreneur means that you see, you see something that can be done better and you go out and you take the leap and you attempt to make it better. I know that's a really like vague <laughs> definition, but to me, that's what being an entrepreneur really is. Like at its core, sure, it's all the other things too. It's having the right mindset and having the right mentorship and having the right network and knowing how to you know really um, be productive with your time. It's all of those things, but at its core, it's really about wanting to change a system or the world or your industry in an impactful way. Cause that's, that usually is the reason why most of us get into this in the first place. Um, and may, as far as my favorite part about it, I mean, I'm somebody who's always been very autonomous and very independent, and I've never, ever felt like in any job that I had, that I had the capacity to use, um, all, all of the assets and skills that I felt like I had. Yes. So now I get to sort of choose my own adventure. And when I want to, when I want to um, create something new and a new opportunity in my, in my company, I don't have to ask anyone. I just go out and do it. Um, for me, that's the best part. I like that part too. Cause it's like, you're, you're in charge of everything and you get to pick your own fate versus you know, sitting at a corporate job and them telling you, okay, this is what you're going to do today. And this is the clients that you're going to work with. You don't get to pick that. So yeah, it's definitely nice to have the freedom in that aspect to kind of do whatever you want to do. Yep. Um, okay. So what is your favorite tool that you use in your business? This can be a, you know, like a digital tool or even like a planner or something like that. Yeah. Um, Oh gosh. So there's a couple. Um, I use ready mag a lot for, you know, developing my uh, brand concepts. I just, I love that they have these different templates and it's really easy to use. You can actually share the link with people and it just updates as you update it. It's kind of like a Google doc or something. Um, but it's more of a, it's more of a template, which is cool. I also really like, um, Pomodoro. It's an app, a productivity app. Um, as you're starting your own company, productivity is just 
I mean, it's, it's crucial. Knowing how to divide your time and how to prioritize certain things is of the utmost importance. Yeah. So I really like using it because it just sits in my desktop and mm -hmm. it's got like a timer that's, you know, counting down. Um, and I can use that to really gauge throughout my day, like where I'm spending, you know, the most amount of time. I like things like that too, because I know when I first started, well, I went full time with my business back in January. So like a year ago when this launches, but, um, it was just hard to kind of figure out what to prioritize and what to do first, <laughs> especially as a social media manager. Cause I'm a lot of the tasks I'm doing for people daily. It's not just like a project basis. So it's like, okay, who do I tackle first? What's the most important and how do I kind of figure out how to add on more clients without staying up until 1am every night. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. yeah, that's definitely something I need to work more on. I'm getting better, but yeah, I need to check out the app. I've heard about it, but I haven't used it before. Um, yep. and lastly, who is your go-to business resource? This can be someone who inspires you. They can be in your niche, not in your niche. It doesn't really matter. Just someone who has really been helpful for you in your business journey. Yeah. So I have these two really amazing ladies that I started a mastermind call with. Um, and we do it, we do it every week on Mondays and, you know, they've, they've been not just like my soundboard, but they've really been the, that like support system. Um, and, the, and I feel like what's really great about us is that we we all have our different strengths. So we're all, we're all kind of in similar industries, but not but we're not competitors by any means. Um, so the two women that I do it with is um, Tony Purry, and she actually launched um, her book. Uh, it's called My Hype Book. And um, it's all about, she, you know, she created this successful PR company and she still works in PR for, you know, for a few clients here and there, but she, she actually left it to, you know, to launch this book. That's all about, you know, building that confidence for yourself, which is crazy important. I can't speak to how important mindset work is when you're starting out and when you're, you know, building a business, because the attitude that you bring to your work is going to make or break you every day. Right. So oh, it's, it's, it's crazy how important it is. So I highly recommend looking into that. Um, and the other lady is um, Lizzie Okoro, who is actually the founder of Bunch Magazine, who was, which was one of my favorite magazines before I ever even met her. Um, and then once I met her, I, I kind of geeked out. <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh, I love you already. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, she is just, she is so fantastic at knowing how to create um, a strategy around a business and how to make something profitable. And she has helped me tremendously and really, you know, um, working on different facets of my, even my company and like developing this uh, boot camp and courses. And I'm definitely tapping her for this uh, DIY branding um, product that I'm building, which I'm hoping that once this is live, uh, I'll, I'll be in the thick of creating it. And mm -hmm. hopefully by, you know, Q2, Q3 of next year, um, it'll be ready. Uh, but yeah, so those, those are my go-to resources. I love them. It's, it's incredibly important to have that support when you're starting out. So I, I highly recommend getting that if you don't feel like you have one already. Yeah. I always love like asking people that question because everyone has such different answers and we all have our own people that are helpful, whether it's another entrepreneur or even something like our family members or someone that's just been inspirational in that way. So it's really cool. And it kind of gives me like a, um, 
idea of who else I could potentially interview on the podcast as well. So Ooh, yeah, uh, if you want cool. if you want an introduction to either one of those ladies, I'm happy to make one. <laughs> okay. So tell everyone where they can find you on the web. So your website and your social channels and all that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So um, the website is pretty cut and dry, simple. It's robinyoung.co and that's Robin with a Y. So it's R-O-B-Y-N young.co. Um, and, and I think actually the simplest way to keep in touch with us is to, um, to join our mailing list. And I have a really easy way to go about doing that. So if you actually just text Robin Young, my name, to 345-345, it will um, request your email address. So if you just send just your email address back and then you'll get a confirmation. And I swear to you, that will be the only three texts that you'll ever receive from me. I promise not to abuse your <laughs> phone number, but that will put you into um, our email list where you're going to get all sorts of goodies. So um, the first thing you'll get is our brand planning workbook. And this is kind of like a scratch pad for get, getting you used to kind of thinking about your brand in that visceral way and setting that foundation for the strategy. Um, so that'll be the first part that you'll get. And then a little bit later on, you'll get um, that five-part uh, mini course uh, that will come via email um, to the, you know, to speak to really setting the foundation. So it'll take you through um, mission statements, core values, visions, um, and and setting that, you know, that um, that unique buying tribe. And I'll actually include some examples in there from like other companies and things like that. So it's it's really good. It's sort of a step-by-step -step guide. Um, and then and then one. Once we do have that DIY product ready to go, and it'll be something that will be an online course so you can access it anywhere, um, I will be sending a message through that email, um, that email list. So that's the best way to keep in, in contact with us. Um, secondary to that, I would say would be our Instagram and we're at robinyoung.co on Instagram. So please follow us there too. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for being guests. Oh, also, um, with the texting thing, I've heard good things about something like that because when yeah. people are listening to the podcast and they're driving, if they want to like subscribe, it's so much easier to text something than be like, hold on, let me write this down for later. You know, so I'm yes. definitely going to look into that on my podcast as well. But yes, yeah. thank you so much for being a guest. I really enjoyed talking to you and yeah. Perfect. So thank you so much for having me, Jenny. Of course. <laughs> thank you so much for listening to today's episode. You can find all of the details for this episode by going to www.savvysocialhour.com slash episode dash 16. Make sure to join the Savvy Social Community Facebook group for daily prompts, updates on the podcast, and more. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. You can find us on the web at www.savvysocialhour.com. Please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Savvy Social Hour and like our Facebook page at www.facebook.com slash Savvy Social Hour. New episodes will be released every single Tuesday and Thursday. See you next time.